This is what camp's about. Who's with me? Keep telling your little story. What was that? Hello? Hello? Can anybody? Time for you all to leave. Hey. Clearly this group has no respect for my lab. Oh, Bumpy. Gave it a name that's precious. We're on our own. We've lined up exclusive behind-the-scenes tours of Jurassic World. Ooh. Yes! Dinosaurs? Plenty of dinosaurs. So, ready for an adventure? Absolutely. But I'm going to need that speech a little shorter and really try to lean into the majesty of this place. <laughs> okay, we're going now. Let's get the six of you to camp. Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and today I'm joined by my my lovely... Which side is he on? Uh, this side. My <laughs> lovely friend here, Tom Fishden, and we're going to be talking... Uh, we're going to be talking about some spoilers for Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. This is kind of uh, an off-the-cuff episode. I feel like a lot of our stuff's been very structured recently, so we're just going to have a fun conversation about the show. You know, since we got the chance to watch it ahead of time, we're going to dive into all of those spoiler details. So if you have not seen the entirety of the show, please step away, come back, watch it some other time. We do have non-spoiler content if you want to watch that or listen to that. But this is going to be full-on heavy spoilers the entire time. So, Tom, you, you ready to talk about uh, some Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous spoilers with me? Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so, look, I mean... We, we don't want this to be too structured, so we'll, we'll be skipping around all over the place. Maybe in the future we'll do episode-by-episode episode breakdowns and stuff like that for you. But we just wanted to put together something that was covering the entire thing. So we're going to be skipping all over from episode one to eight to four, whatever it is. So, Tom, do you have a specific... Seventeen? Seventeen? Uh, no, there's no episode. I mean, maybe next two, three seasons, however. Um, but we're going to dive into whatever is your most... Uh, you know, thought about thing. What was that one thing that really got to you while watching this show? I want to. I want to dive into something juicy right off the bat. Okay, so the biggest thing for me is all of the genetic stuff that they do with Wu. Mm-hmm. Um, so in episode two, essentially the kids are split into two groups, and one group of kids go to this research lab that's outside of the one we know was part of the innovation center. And it is away in the north part of the island. Um, and yeah, you see the you see the volcano in the background, actually. Yeah, you do. You see Cybo um, mm-hmm. or Cibo, however you want to say it. And um, what's really cool is this facility. They actually tie it into um, the raptor chase sequence in Jurassic World because yeah. this is where that research sign was going to, which is really mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and so they're at this facility. And there's kind of lots and lots of different little nods here. And it's it's kind of like, what, five minutes spent in the lab of this sort of 20-minute episode. Uh-huh. And yet you get a lot of stuff in that. Um, so I think probably the biggest thing from that for me is the fact that there's a nod to some of the Masrani global material. Um, so for anyone who has used the back door, um, which is obviously a piece of the viral marketing for the first Jurassic World film... Um, that spoke about a site called the Martel site, which was a InGen slash Masrani facility in uh, Siberia researching woolly mammoths. And in this, you see a woolly mammoth-like sample. It doesn't look anything like one because it's just like a bit of skin or something. Yeah. Um, but he goes past and says, this is one of the woolly mammoth samples, essentially. Yeah. So he, th- this like scientist confirms 
that that facility in Siberia is real. And that gets me really excited um, because obviously from the official set photos that have been released to tease Dominion, they've been filming in snow. What do they have in Siberia, Brad? I don't know. And that was one of those things that, um, you know, even in uh, a lot of the the stuff before we actually saw Jurassic World live tour, they were like thinking about maybe touching on Siberia as well. So yeah. this concept of, you know, the cold and, and Siberia and, and a facility out there, whatever it is, is, is a pretty big concept here. And, you know, this is something that during this moment in the show, I think Dr. Wu is right there with the kids and yeah. Sammy is just like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's yeah. this? And it's just like literally one hit after another. And it literally just like, those are Siberian mammoth remains. And it like it goes on to the next thing. So it's not yeah. like it lingers. It doesn't really tell you a lot about whatever it is. But it's this nice little juicy tidbit of, of information about like, hey, there's a lot more going on here. Maybe they're testing some other stuff. Um, I really yeah. like that part. And I think you say something quite cool where you say there's a lot more going on here. Um, Wu actually says something that we've never really woo, woo. had confirmed before this point. Woo woo! <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> some of the best stuff. I, I laughed so hard. Who was what is his yeah. name? Dave. Uh, I was laughing so hard at Dave when he introduced Doctor Wu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is one of my favorite pieces of dialogue in the whole show. <laughs> I'd quite like to just have that on loop. Like, if I ever meet BD Wong, I'm going to play that to him as I see him. <laughs> it's just like your phone um, ringer or something. But uh, yeah. I, li- I like how it just takes him down a peg and he's just like, what? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite cool, though, because here you kind of get um, insight into there being, again, more on Nublar than we know about. Um, And I think it is worth saying, since this is a spoiler episode, we Mm. don't necessarily explore as much of Nublar as we would like to, I would argue. Um, But there is going to be plenty of time to do more because there will be more (sighs) than one season. Um, But in this particular moment, Wu expresses the fact that there's multiple research facilities on Nublar. So obviously we have got the one that is at the Innovation Center on the back of the Creation Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, we have got this satellite site, but then what this also suggests is that the facility that we see Genie in, in the live tour, could quite easily be canonized. And yeah, also, yeah. this suggests that if they wanted to, this new research facility that we're going to see in Jurassic World Aftermath could also be canonized. So I like yeah, the idea yeah. that although we know these locations in Jurassic World and we see them as the kind of like hub of the science work... It's very much like the depiction of this in Jurassic Park, where you have the show area where you Mm. can see dinosaurs being hatched, and then you have the actual areas where the other work is going on. Only in this case, it's all on the same island as opposed to being on Nublar and then Site B. Yeah, there was actually some some interesting details about like that behind-the-scenes work and the stuff that the employees do as well yeah. um which i thought was pretty interesting um for instance they they show the dinosaurs being herded into their nighttime pens and stuff yeah. like that and you do get to hear about you know places where they keep the more aggressive dinosaurs and stuff like that that are not you know for the visitors so i love stuff like that i love those little details showing that this is an operating place uh the herding thing was really fun I, it, it's such a, a small little detail but you know watching them herd them with the atvs they're going off in the in the uh that was like during a storm or something like that but yeah, um yeah 
Yeah, I, I love all these details. And, I, you know, you mentioned the, we both mentioned Jurassic World live tour a little bit. I'm kind of bummed that, uh, you know, there wasn't more uh, or, yeah. or any, to be honest, there wasn't any tie in uh, to Jurassic World live tour. You know, I know we, we've heard the whole, you know, soft cannon business uh, from Colin, but I just I think there was so much room to explore that. And you were saying about the, uh, you know, a potentially another place on Nublar that houses other experiments, because um, I don't know. We don't really know what specifically was going on on that one uh, research facility. It seemed like it was maybe a hybrid thing, but then so did the one in yeah. the visitor center. So who really knows? Um, but the one that Jeannie is in, you could say like that's a, uh, behavioral place or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. kind of bummed about the Jurassic World live tour stuff not being sh- uh, shown in here. But I did, you know, we, we talked about it during our non-spoiler episode, how um, I said that there was something that was done a little bit better in other material. And it was it was the Jurassic World live tour moment when you see um, the glowing dinosaur, uh, the Stegosaurus. Yeah. And you're like, it's just such a beautiful moment, and they explain a silly, a somewhat silly reason, but it's kind of a fun reason. The fact that you know it was going to be used for a nighttime parade, the dinosaurs would have been used for a nighttime parade in the show. Here, it just kind of, it just kind of glossed over. Um, I forget what yeah. what specific episode it was. It was a little bit. It was like maybe six or seven, six uh, number seven, six. Yeah, yeah. and um, they just basically say something about like, oh, I guess Doctor Wu was testing out some bioluminescent dinosaurs and that that was about yeah. it there really wasn't um much to the story there so while i thought that moment was beautiful and amazing and cool it was it was slightly let down because i was hoping for a little bit more of that backstory yeah. from like the main street parade and nighttime parade and stuff like that um as i'm saying because i like hearing about the the work that's going on behind the scenes and stuff like that like people herding dinosaurs and nighttime parades stuff like that but uh overall i thought that bioluminescent cave was pretty incredible and pretty awesome um the music in that scene which i you know i, I talked about with the producers uh it was it's just so beautiful so uh inspiring it's such such a great moment um i thought yeah. the the conversations and the banter back and forth in that sequence were really good um but uh yeah that was that was a fun moment for me that uh, bioluminescent cave yeah, I think it all and, felt and really new, well composed. And it's a new place, too. You know, I know you mentioned yeah. that there's not a ton of new places, right? Um, we have, what do we have? Let's kind of list them out. We have a cave, a bioluminescent <laughs> river cave, which is interesting because we also have the Cretaceous, Cretaceous Cruise, Cruise, which is yeah, the same well, thing, but it, but it, but it's not. It's it? like it's, it's a separate thing. So there's something interesting here, and I made a note of this because I wanted to make sure we mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show... This is referenced as the River Adventure, so yeah. not the Cretaceous Cruise. And yeah. I, I feel like that's a really nice kind of tongue-in-cheek nod to the fact that that's the name of the real-life attraction that we can all go on, um, yeah. obviously at Universal Studios. But also, I do wonder if that's confirming that there was more than one water ride, because it was the same kayaks as you mm-hmm. see in the Cretaceous Cruise. But, I mean... If you look back at the Masrani Global website, there was one of the live cameras on that website that had like a pier where the kayaks were coming out from. Mm-hmm. So you could like see people going out and joining the river from this like little sure. dock. So I almost, maybe it's a case of that's further up and they like link up, but it almost feels yeah. like it might be a new attraction. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I'd have to look at the map to see where the original one was located. <laughs> this is a bit deep for now, but um 
Yeah, I, I just feel like they're separate things. And the fact that it was called the River Adventure was really cool, especially because there's Parasaurolophus in the cave. Yeah. And in the ride uh, in Universal, the Parasaurolophus bumps you off course and then you go the wrong yeah. way. And that's kind of what happens here. You know, the Parasaurolophus bump out and almost start to attack the boats, but like get a little aggressive. Um it kind of reminded me of like the Jurassic World Evolution ones because I'm like those guys are so annoying <laughs> in that game, and and it felt like the same here. So they kind of get bumped off course and they do go to uh, the lagoon again. So that's a a repeat of an area. But we what do we have? We yeah. have the cave. We have uh, that the research center. Uh, yeah. We have obviously the camp itself. Um, zipline. Zipline. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like up there with the camp. Um, but outside of that, was that about it? I, f- I feel like that was probably I, close to it. Um, I, I think it depends. I'm not entirely... I, I'm i not convinced that the herbivore sequence takes place in Gyrosphere Valley, just because it kind of felt like maybe it was more a back pass that they would use to like do that herding rather than being the actual attraction itself. Um, yeah, well, plus there's a yeah, lot of different dinosaurs in there. I mean, we see a... Uh, a pretty good wealth of dinosaurs in Jurassic yeah. World in the in the uh, uh, the Jurassic Valley, but we don't see that uh, you know Sinoceratops. We don't no, see yeah. the Brachiosaurus. We don't see some of those. So yeah, it could in be a, a totally story. separate section. You know, a, a different version of it or something. Yeah, I think there's some credence to that idea as well because we don't see the Gallimimus at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. And that would be you would think that would be like an easy addition and, and a common addition. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I I, uh, I I do love the choice of the dinosaurs and everything that yes, they did use right. here. Um, I was so happy that, you know, they answered some – or not, not really answered, but they kind of linked these films a little bit, you know, more together uh, with yeah. Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World, with the Sinoceratops, even the Brachiosaurus. What did I say? Brachiosaurus. <laughs> uh, the fact that, you know, it was in Fallen Kingdom but not in Jurassic World. It, you know, you kind of hear something off in the distance. You're like, is that a Brachiosaurus yeah. back there? Um, but now, you know, you get to see it for real in the park. Yeah, before um, it's toasted. Man. No, dude, they, they're they just doing these Brachiosaurus wrong in, in this Jurassic World age, man. You know, first one gets burned, and then and then this time Perfect one gets... Perfect for a campfire snack. What's that? Perfect for a campfire snack. <laughs> dude... This one just the one in this show gets ripped from the trees like you don't see anything. All of a sudden you just see like it smashes to the ground. And I'm like, oh, this is horrifying. Like they're just killing this. Like, you know, there are moments in the show that are pretty terrifying. And I know a lot of people were kind of worried about that. Honestly, from the start, you know, from the start, um, going all the way to the beginning. Let's let's talk about that for a second. There's. um it's it's kind of throwing you off a bit. You're like watching the show. You're like, who are these characters? What's going on here? There's kind of a vicious attack of these, like th- I think there's three Velociraptor uh, yeah. attacking a dude. And you're like, what is this? And then it turns out to be a video game. Did you expect that at all at that moment uh, no, in the beginning? I thought that was really cool. I, um, I don't know why I expected. I thought maybe it was going to be like before they started building Jurassic World and somebody had snuck mm. onto Nublar or something. Um, but when it yeah. transpired, it was a video game. I was like, do you know what? <laughs> this makes sense. Because actually it lets them do stuff with the raptors yeah. without having to break the canon by being like, oh, all of the raptors are still alive. Looking yeah. at you, Jurassic World Aftermath. And now, honestly, when I was rewatching it after learning about Aftermath, I was like, oh, wait, is this Aftermath? <laughs> 
Yeah, it could be. It I could was like, very well be. That would be really. That would be um, an amazing I mean, tie-in, dude. Like that would be really incredible. Work. I I don't think they'll do it. I don't think that's what's happening here. But it would be really cool for that to be a thing because it it, well, it works the same way. The cartoon style. Mm-hmm. So you don't it know. Could, and I mean, Darius's work. bedroom. Some of the like poster merchandise on that wall and stuff like that is using renders from real world merchandise. So mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Uh, and 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 as soon as that thing comes out, I'm gonna play it real fast and beat it before any <laughs> of you guys because I need to win a trip to Jurassic World. <laughs> Does, is there one? Right, maybe um, it's just Universal Studios at this point? I don't know. Yeah, we, but, we need um, to have an intervention. This is a fictional universe. No, these characters aren't real. <laughs> what are you telling me right now? Um, but I actually I I enjoyed that uh, introduction there because yeah uh, you know we did wonder I, I remember talking about it actually on the podcast one day about how do these kids get to the island what is the, what is the reason that they're there and one of the things that sparked up in my conversations at one point was maybe this is like a Willy Wonka type moment where it's like a golden ticket kind of thing where you win your golden ticket to the Island. And that's kind of what it is. It's like a mix of, you know, Willy Wonka and ready player one, you know, after you beat the game, you get the thing. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, that that's how Darius was given the chance to go to the Island. And of course, all the other kids were either, rich uh tied to the park in some way sponsored by the park in some way or just uh famous or whatever but uh i thought that was a a cool way to get him onto the the island as the everyday kid the everyday dino geek you know yeah i'd agree with that it kind of um subverts your expectations because you don't really see anything like that happening you think this is an action sequence it's going to take place in the real world um so when it kind of happens in the virtual plane it's really cool and quite unexpected um, yeah, and you, on the subject, I was going to say, on the subject of unexpected, especially with the kids, one thing that really took me back when she was first introduced was Sammy's last name, because it's clear that they, um, Zach, especially when he was reading, must have gone back and read some of the novels as well, because her last name is Gutierrez, which is a nod to Doctor Martin Gutierrez, who is the um, <laughs> yeah. doctor who finds the like half-eaten compy. And then um, sends it to the lab in Jurassic Park. And I think he's then trying to hunt them in the lost world as well. Yeah. So I When you said Zach, really- my, my brain went initially to Zach and Gray. And I was like, what was he reading? <laughs> yeah. He was reading. A- he knows that this is happening. Like, uh, oh, you mean Zach Stentz. Okay. All right. I got it now. But actually, speaking of Zach and Gray, they got a nice little shout out here, too. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, that they were supposed to be a part of this park or, or this camp. Um, yeah. Did, did that work for you? Did Did you feel like that was actually a plausible thing? Because Honestly, nowhere in yeah. nowhere in Jurassic makes World sense. was that mentioned. You know, I I think it makes sense because when you look at Claire, if it's something that's not been organized properly, she's too busy to know. Zara's only mm. going to do what she's told to do because she's busy organizing a wedding. So it, I I can totally see that. Like it it just doesn't yeah. pan out for whatever reason, and nobody really cares. It's weird. I mean, I'd have to really parse out the details of the timeline for that event. But the fact that they just get thrown off to Zara and then yeah. she just takes them out to the Gyrosphere Valley to do all this other stuff. Yeah. So why why okay, so... double down? Because like they probably would have done a lot of that stuff anyway on the the camp tour or whatever they were yeah. going to do. So why do double it? Why, why didn't they just go from the airport uh, or the boat right to the camp? You know, why why aren't they getting a helicopter in? I can explain it all, Brad. Tell me. Let's go. I think 
that this is set this sequence the camp started slightly before jurassic world so the yeah. kids i think zach and gray were late they came later and that's why they weren't part of it because if you watch um i'm gonna scroll down on my word document quickly because i did write <laughs> it down somewhere episode four the start of episode four is Roxy looking up in the air as Jurassic World 001 arrives on the island. Mm -hmm. That's the start of Jurassic World when Masrani arrives and lands at the control room. But if you're late, if you're late, why aren't you just going to write what you have to do instead of like, oh, I'm going to dilly-dally and do some other stuff. I'm already late. Why don't I just go ahead and stop and get a coffee while I'm at it too, you know? like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's probably a case of like, I don't know, because it's the testing phase for this thing, isn't it? They probably were like, yeah. oh, well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Now, so they can just do something else. I mean, honestly, maybe it was the fact that they thought that they would be able to spend some time with their aunt before heading off to the par- uh, the camp, yeah. and that didn't work out, so Claire got sidetracked or whatever. You, know, you can easily explain it in that sense, I guess. But yeah. um, and, and it's not like it really matters all that much. I don't think that... That's not like a thing where I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's when we're doing a podcast that's like going to be like, well, not this one specifically, but we're going to be talking about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So like, this is the stuff we got to parse out. Um, but talking about so look for a future episode, debating the entire <laughs> timeline of Zack and Gray's journey to Isla Nublar. Yeah. And their expedition across the island. Well, let's let that's where I want to go right now. I want to go to the timeline because the timeline okay. was a was a major question for a lot of us going in. Luckily, we got three episodes before Jurassic World actually started. I was very happy about yeah. that. Like you're saying, we didn't really get to see a ton of stuff, but uh, there was plenty of stuff to do in those first three episodes. But um, the moment that you're saying that, you know, she looks up, Roxy looks up and sees that helicopter. I, I'm, I'm just like this. I'm like, all right, here we you know go. Here yeah. we go. Like, cause you know exactly what's happening. You're, you know what they're referencing. Um, and there's a few of those moments. So I want to touch on some of those, those tie-in yeah. moments, right? So like you're saying, Mizrani flies to the island. That is literally minutes into Jurassic World, um, you know, where he goes and he lands and, and uh, you know, picks up Claire. So yeah. that's the first moment. So and I that's, like that's that a, point, a nice touchstone. That's a visual cue to the audience to say these next couple of episodes are now going to be concurrent to the events that you know. Yeah, yeah. So what do we have? We have... A few different moments like that. Okay, so we have, and I- I'm probably going to go out of order and stuff like that. One of my one of my favorite ones was like everybody's in the jungle and they're like, "Do you hear that?" And then all of a sudden, the Indominus just bursts through uh, the trees, and it's just like it does not care that these kids are right there. Doesn't care whatsoever. Just stampedes right by them. Goes straight through the trees. And then you realize, hey, there's Mizrani's helicopter again. Um, and it's such an awesome moment because, the, you know, the helicopter is just trying to take out the Indominus, shooting at it like it does in yeah. Jurassic World. And the kids, uh, they're they're hyped up because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, Mizrani. Yeah. That's his helicopter. Go it's take it out. MG who's something like, that's my boy, Mizrani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then to watch his face be so excited. And then as the Pteranodons hit the wings or the, the yeah. blades of the helicopter, and then you just see everything unfold explode their faces are like oh no yeah oh that didn't go the way i thought like and that's what everybody thinks it's i thought that was brilliant and i love i loved all these touchstone moments for the 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 kids and uh the timeline with jurassic world um so i'll touch on something there that i kind of wish we had seen referenced um 
So if they're near the Indominus, I think it was the McDonald's map initially showed that the camp facilities are fairly close to the old visitor centre. So mm-hmm. it would have maybe been cool to see how that um, ATV got beaten up that, that, that Zach and Gray end up using the battery for. Yeah. I kind of wish we had seen that as part of this sequence. That That is definitely something that's uh, kind of like a little let down um, yeah. because it would have been a very, very awesome tie-in because in jurassic world you're like what like what yeah why is this thing what is happening and it's just like there's the helmet next to it, it isn't it so it would have been cool if maybe it was mm-hmm. like um a worker who was trying to find the kids and rescue them or something and then obviously didn't it's rescue it's like a, it's like as if like the kids got a van and then went to a place and a guy stole the the the, the atv instead and he yeah. went off you know like that that would have been perfect. You know, if they had just taken that instead of that van, that would have been a pretty cool little tie in yeah. right there. Um, but yeah, that didn't happen. That is a shame that that didn't uh, get touched on. I actually completely forgot about that moment. <laughs> but uh, it is one of those like little lingering things in Jurassic World that could have been a nice tie in. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't destroy anything. It doesn't really matter all that much. But it's uh, it's a it's kind of like a little lost opportunity there. Um, one that I thought was pretty brilliant, though, was uh, the radios. In the yeah, in the cabinet, cool. so so you know everything's going crazy. Uh, these inept, uh, I'll say inept counselors are are together. They left the kids. They're just like, hey, let's go do this stuff on our own. Um, yeah. So they left the kids. The kids will be fine. Yeah, What's going to go gonna, wrong? The, the kids no will be fine. Who will break out a containment? The kids who already broke out several times and already got into <laughs> yeah. a lot of mischief, they'll be fine. Um, so they go off and they see that they, they like open up that cabinet and then one by one you see these things like uh, on the radios just get like uh, taken yeah. out or a red blip or something like that to kind of indicate like, what we saw in Jurassic World. They go dark one by one, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it's literally like kind of paralleling that that uh, ACU moment, right? In Jurassic yeah. World where the ACU goes out to take out the Indominus and then they notice that the, it took out the tracker and all that. Um, so that was a really cool tie-in right there. I like that a lot. I think it kind of helps to keep the timeline as well because if you think mm-hmm. about that moment, you know, while they're, they're doing this, the Indominus is occupied with the ACU. So that kind of helps yeah. to explain about why there's a gap where the Indominus first attacks the kids and then they're kind of getting away for a little bit after the um, zip line collapses. And mm. then it comes back later on because it's been occupied with the ACU and now it's back on the hunt again, which is quite cool. Um, and I, I do just want to go back to that Brachiosaur scene because mm. I feel like it lends a little bit to the Apatosaur scene now. Because this dinosaur knows that it can kill something as big as a Brachiosaur. So yeah. if you think about it, when it sees the Apatosaurs it's not going to hesitate about killing all of them because they're a lesser threat to it than that Brachiosaur was. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, it took out a lot of those apatosaurs. There's yeah. just like mounds of them just like in the background. You just see them all over the place. Um, but yeah, it, this thing is taking out things left and right. It killed the Brachiosaurus. There was like a few employees down there that were that yeah. were just like dead. And then some some guys in like a, tr- a truck or something like that. Um so yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty messed up. I was trying to think of some other um impactful moments from Jurassic World. There was one where I was like, "Oh my god, is that the moment?" Um they they're in the uh monorail, right? And then they hear yeah. an explosion, right? They hear this explosion. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my god, is that the 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 rocket launcher that killed Cooked Charlie?" Velociraptor. Yeah. I I thought that. And I mean, it still could be, but I I think they kind of confirmed that it was like monorails getting well, the kids crashing. think that. 
Yeah. But it, if you think about it, it's just the Pteranodon attacking the monorail. Mm-hmm. That's not going to make an explosion. Um, well, if, if it crashed or something like that, you know? That's, I, I think, yeah, what they were I kind of alluding it. to. I just... I kind of interpreted it as, and it's interesting you say Charlie, because I think at this point the Main Street battle might have been going on. Because if you think about it, you never see any Pteranodons in the air during that battle. So I wonder if they were off attacking the monorail while that was going on. Um, And that could quite easily be the moment where the, I think, is it Echo gets flung into Stan Winston's grill? Yeah, I don't know if that would create an impact that they would hear like across <laughs> the park in in a monorail that's traveling very fast. It's the Indominus but... using her atomic breath. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe I don't know, but I I loved the idea that it could be Charlie getting blown up. Yeah, and it I was like cool. it, it's 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 an interesting detail because like it's a very quiet jungle, you don't really hear a lot, and yeah. then all of a sudden you you hear an explosion, and they are out. It, it's what seems like in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, they're right. Uh, I thought that was pretty point. cool. I, I don't yeah. remember if there were any other touchstone moments. Um, oh, oh, one. I don't think so. Oh, there's kind kind of one. Um, it kind of brushes with it. So a lot of us um, were questioning, you know, who is Bumpy? Where does Bumpy come from? And we all yeah. talked about the fact that how cool would it be if Bumpy was hiding behind a tree during that moment in Jurassic <laughs> World with Zack and Gray getting attacked uh, at the gyrosphere and then the you know the fight breaks out or whatever um, with yeah. the Ankylosaurus. But it didn't exactly hang happen that way. But it, it is it is there. Like the the moment is it's there. So definitely noted. And, yeah. and it throws you off because. You know, and it actually probably threw everybody off because they released that clip of uh, uh, Bumpy in the lab. So you see Bumpy, and it's like you know, she's just this tiny little dinosaur. And yeah. and then they talk about the accelerated growth rate, which I thought was really awesome to kind of you know further those kind of concepts and stuff. Um, you don't really get to hear a lot about that, so that's really cool that they have this in there. Um, but then the fact that they're like, well, we got to release her into the wild and, and uh, you know, hope that hope it takes. And then later on, you do see that the uh, the Camp Cretaceous kids stumble upon a gyrosphere somewhere. Yeah, um, it doesn't exactly resemble that moment in Jurassic World. It is a bit different. But I think I think it's kind of like the other moments uh, that kind of touch on like the visitor center in Jurassic World. It doesn't exactly look the same on the outside, but, you know, it is same with the. Uh, the T-Rex, uh, you know, throwing the, the truck over the, uh, paying her the edge. It. Yeah, they look yeah. similar enough where you're like, okay, I get what it is. Um, in this one, it probably looks le- the least like any of those, like, touchdown moments. So, <laughs> yeah. But you know that that's what it's trying to showcase. And uh, I thought that was amazing. And so now, you know, when you watch Jurassic World, you see them getting attacked and they escape the, the thing. You You know that probably whoever that ankylosaurus was was looking after bumpy you know bumpy was trying to get attached and trying to grow up via that ankylosaurus so that was a pretty nice yeah. a pretty nice moment even though it's kind of sad so pretty morbidly nice moment. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, it's it's cool that you mentioned the accelerated growth as well because honestly and I, I was saying to you before the show there's so much just from that lab section that you can really take away yeah yeah um and there's the big thing that um bumpy is actually asymmetric so mm-hmm. she's not perfectly symmetrical obviously what asymmetric isn't oh yeah you, know, <laughs> you guys know that it's fine we got I don't it, need we to got explain. It. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah she's got one horn that's like short and stumpy and the other one's yeah. out 
And I just think that's kind of really cool because A, it shows that even Wu doesn't fully understand the science, but B, I feel like that's a little hint at Chaos Theorem. And I think there's a lot of different moments you see throughout this series in particular where people are quite confident. They're like, this is Jurassic World. We've been doing it for like 10 years at this point. We know what we're doing. (laughs) And actually there's moments where you sit there and think, no, you don't. Um, Mm. So I think this was one of them. And then there's a sentence where they say something like the camp was going to have 500 kids and like 20 Mm. counselors or something. And I'm like, was it like 120 or something? Or no, it I, might it have like, been. It was. It, like I don't know. Don't call me on that. Smaller I no number. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just kind of like, you can see little things where it's not quite being planned properly, and you kind of get that hint that things are inevitably going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, as Malcolm would say, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, I, I there was that moment in the lab. Where, I don't remember the exact uh, quote. Maybe I have it here. Um, but uh, what did he? Uh, Wu said something like, uh, "Creating dinosaurs takes time." Uh, it yeah. says something with a T, something with an I, and Emmy, me. Yeah. And it was like so, so <laughs> cocky, so Dr. Wu. It was exactly like what you expect from that character. And it showcases what you're talking about, that they're just so arrogant in everything that they're doing yeah. that they don't. They just, and it's just so clear. You they know, were so the preoccupied from the beginning. with whether they could. Yeah. That they never stopped to think whether they should. There you go um so there it is is. yeah i guess i should have said that um but uh it's so it's so clear like from the start that this camp is like it's it's it takes them to the camp they get like attacked i guess you could say by a compy so there's like compies out there they're they're so relaxed with like these count these uh camp counselors are very relaxed with everything like kids are getting out out of the gyrospheres in the middle of the valley where dinosaurs just walked through, like that they're leaving them unattended. They're, you know, so this is just a bad idea from the start. And I I don't mean from like a a filmmaking standpoint. I just think from, you know, from a Jurassic world standpoint, this is just such a bad idea that whatever they're trying to do and sure it's like a test and they're, they're kind of VIP uh, people and stuff like that. So maybe they're expecting more uh, from them, but um yeah, things just go bad, like, the entire time. And actually, one of those moments is when they, they leave Kenji and Darius to just shovel dino poop on their own. And and then they just go and do other stuff at the lab. And they're like, you kids will be fine out here in the jungle by yourself. Like, Where did that dino poop come from? A dinosaur must be able to access yeah, that area. Seriously. Seriously. So, yeah. what? like, they're just so inept at everything. And, and I, I love those two characters. Don't get me wrong. Roxy and Dave. They're, they're fun. Dave is hilarious. Roxy's pretty awesome. And and I think, like, it, they they had good intentions, like everybody does in these movies. But, uh, yeah. they like I said before, they just, like, they're like, oh, I forget why they, why did they go off to, uh, to the, but why? Why did they go to find Claire? Um, because they couldn't get her on the radio, I think. So they said it yeah. would be easier to just go and get her. Just go. This was yeah. before, so this was before... Um, it was before the breakout and everything. Her. Yeah, basically, what the way I perceived it, they're trying to get a hold of her while she's gone up to the Indominus paddock with Masrani. So mm-hmm. they're just getting told that she's not available. So they're like, okay, we'll go and talk to her. Meanwhile, obviously, Claire's in kind of stuck in the start of these events, which ultimately end up with yeah. the Indominus breaking out. Yeah. Which I, I really like that. I um, 
I was, and I we can touch on it a little bit later. I don't know how long you want this to go, but if we get time, I'll bring it up. Who, um, who knows? <laughs> but um, I think for the most part, this runs really nicely alongside Jurassic World. And there's mm. like moments where you can feel the stories over, like overlap and touch each other. Um, but it doesn't feel forced at all. It feels like it makes sense and it kind of fits. And mm. I think that's a nice example um, like we said earlier, Masrani flying in is a nice example. Seeing the aviary again is a cool moment. It all just kind of helps to sort of, as an adult fan, kind of sit back and go, oh, okay, mentally I can picture that this is where I am in the film timeline right now, which is quite cool. Yeah, and one of, one of the things that kind of surprised me was the fact that, hey, we only got Dr. Wu. That was the only yeah. cameo. like, And that was very where surprising. Where where were where were any of these characters that you could have thrown in there? I'm not saying that's a fault or an issue. I'm just saying like I expected a, like some more. I, I yeah, for sure I... thought Owen would be there because they're they're so hyped on that character. They they love stamping him. You got to sell him. You got to sell him. You got to put him on everything. You know he's on every lunchbox and every shirt and every toy package. So I just thought he would be there. And of course yeah. you know the moment that they they fall into the the compy pen, uh, the raptor pen. I'm like okay he's gonna save them. It's literally gonna be the exact same thing that happens one, one day later or or whatever. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but no, they, they, they subverted that and they just, you know, Dave saved them and, and uh, Brooklyn helped save them a little bit. So, um, yeah, so I was just surprised that these little touchstone moments didn't include a lot of these characters. Yeah. Not even I, I thought maybe there would be a way to bring in uh, Mizrani, but, you know, we see him flying over, but you don't actually see yeah. him. Um, but, uh, yeah, just surprising we didn't get one of the two major leads. Claire or Owen, like I, I talked about a lot ahead of the show, I I, I had uh, glimpsed uh, Fast and Furious, uh, the whatever that show is, I, I forget what it's called, S- created by the same people and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, hey, if if Dominic Toretto, uh, Vin Diesel himself was in that first episode <laughs> that I saw, he's they, they gotta have Owen, right? Like he's gotta be here, yeah. but uh, no, no, he wasn't there. So yeah, just surprising, I guess. I liked it, though. I didn't feel like it needed them, which is cool. Because um, I think that's always the big risk mm-hmm. with a franchise like Jurassic, especially, where you've only got five films. You kind of have a very limited net of characters that people are connected with. And I think because you've got such a limited connection, it then makes it harder yeah. to start afresh. Um, but I feel like this actually did that really well, which was cool. Yeah, no, I actually agree. I think it was the better idea to not include them, to yeah. include somebody like Dr. Wu, expand his character, um, and and just put the others on the back seat. I thought that was pretty good. Um, yeah. Because, like I said, we get so much of them. They're they're plastered everywhere. I expected them, but I'm actually glad that they weren't there because it, it made it for, uh, yeah. you know, a different experience. Um, but we yeah, got a lot of these. Well. We got a lot of, like, you know, I think there are fun characters. Otherwise, I think, you know, all yeah. the main characters, you know, all the kids and, and the camp counselors were all really cool. Um, Kenji is somebody that like stood out to me. <laughs> I actually like I wasn't sure if I would connect with him, but like I thought he was pretty funny. Like he had a lot of very funny moments throughout the show. I'm just like laughing at him. I'm I'm par- partially laughing at him, laughing with him. Uh, one of the moments was like um, I think him and Darius are fighting in like episode two when they're yeah. when they're shoveling the dino poop and you know Darius is just like 
this has been my dream. This is my dream to come to this yeah. park and see dinosaurs. And, and Kenji's just like, <laughs> he's like, that's not a dream. A dream is like when you save a bunch of mermaids from a shark. And I was just like, what? It's so ridiculous, but it just made me laugh Kenji so is hard. definitely a little bit older than Darius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um <laughs> And and that was that was a, a nice you know varied uh, you know style of character throughout yeah. all the different ones, um, and uh, of course I guess we should mention Sani right being the the mole here being the uh, the yeah. infiltrator the spy of the group which um, you know as I was watching it just before this recording I had noticed something interesting you know they start the show she's got on like a, a leather jacket or something like that covering up her jacket or her her shirt um and then later on you see the shirt underneath it's like this very uh flowery kind of shirt and i was looking at it i was like that does look familiar i was like oh it looks like those socks that i have that that are like those dennis nedry socks because i have like the dennis nedry yeah. shirt so- style socks and i'm like oh that's fun oh i'm like oh that looks like the dennis nedry shirt you know, the the one that he has uh, at the cafe in the beginning of, yeah. movie, of the movie with Dodgson. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God, that could not have been on accident. Right. There's no way that was an accident making those two characters have a, a similar style there because right. she turns out to be what he was, you know, yeah. stealing the samples and, and, and trying to get them successful. out. She, <laughs> she's um, very much yeah. more successful. So, yeah. And that's an interesting note. She's she's successful in that. So what? Where yeah. does that go? You know, the those so samples we know that, that, go out to Manicore. Um, it's the USB, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I Yeah, I don't think she sent... I don't think she got as far did as she... sending the samples off. Oh, did she not get she the samples out? Done. Okay, I, I know she... that it was the USB she plugged into the drone. She did that. I mean, yeah, um, we didn't see anything else, but but later on she took some sort of sample with the Sinoceratops, but... right? Yeah, but actually thinking about it, the USB was from Wu's lab. So we have no idea what was on there. There yeah. could be potentially hybrid information on there because it was the same place that he was working on the Indominus. Mm-hmm. Um, there could potentially be stuff to do with a Spinosaurus because that appears on the screen in that lab. So there yeah. could... I almost wonder, and this is me just going completely off script here, but we know that for ages people have wanted Spinosaurus back. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this could be a way to do it. If they go, oh, um, between 2015 and now, Manticore, which is the biogenetics company that she's getting this stuff from, maybe they've managed to reverse engineer one. Because um, it, it really feels like this is setting up the idea of, while we know Biosyn will be in Dominion, there may potentially be other companies. And I think the fact mm. that... Um, that interview that I'm sure you saw that came up with Colin either yesterday or today, um, it point blank says that this will lead directly into Dominion. So I think that suggests that Manticore will definitely be a part of that as well. I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking for my uh, my book for the evolution of Claire, and I don't seem to have it right here on me. Um, but uh, you know, talking about the another company, Manticore. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting because. Um, I had, now this was like one of the last, I think it was like one of the last things I kind of teased about, um, you know, the issues, uh, with the show, um, because we had to come up with some issues. I know we had a hard time kind of doing that. We didn't really have a lot of issues with it, but, um, one of the things was I felt like there's a lot of samey type stuff going on here. It's like, okay, well, we got another thing that's doing this same exact thing. So after reading the evolution of Claire, 
you know, there's some, I, and I, I do not remember the exact details. Probably should have got that ahead of time. But there's like <laughs> a character or two characters or something that are trying to get information off yeah. for some sort of pharmaceutical company or something like that. So I'm like, what? Like, how many companies are trying to to get the information out or trying to steal their information, trying to take down Jurassic World? Now, granted, the Evolution Declare happens way before all this, 15 years before all this. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, it's I just think... it's interesting because you know you have Biosyn back in '93 trying to do it. You, you, I don't know if there's probably some other people out there during that the yeah. the meantime until whatever happens in the evolution of Claire, and then you have you know Manicore here trying to do something, and then we have Biosyn returning. So it's like, yeah. and then obviously all those companies uh, or or individuals, whoever they were in Fallen Kingdom, that are buying dinosaurs and whatnot. So. Yeah, there's a lot of well, I mean, entities involved. Yeah, I think you've got to just think of it as well as obviously a film is a sliver of that fictional universe. So mm. in all of these films, we've been following it essentially from InGen's perspective with mm. what's happened with their parks, what's happened yeah. with their dinosaurs. Yeah, there's no reason why other stuff couldn't have been going on in the background at different organizations that we've yeah. just never seen. Um, and, and that's I think, kind of again, scared it, me. It, it, <laughs> pardon that's kind of scared me because one day i i kind of expect them to be like oh well yeah like we we only been focusing on ingen and jurassic world and these people but guess what guys this entire time there's been you know some other mesozoic park or something you know down the road you know we just didn't tell you there's all these other creatures and dinosaurs and whatever it is down the road there's uh, Permian Park and it's just yeah. fossils. Just two islands just across. Trilobites. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that that does not happen. I, I'm I'm okay with them saying, hey, other people did eventually create dinosaurs, and we find that out in in Dominion that, you know, yeah. no, no, there's no park. No, they're not like selling these things like uh uh, you know, for amusement, but um, you know, there's other nefarious stuff going down. So I would be okay with that. But I would not be okay if, like, they're like, hey, there's other parks around the world with other companies. It's like, you know, you have Walt Disney World. You have Universal Studios. You have Six Flags. It's like, I hope that's not the case with Jurassic. Yeah. You know? Well, there is a way that they could do it. Mr. Stents, if you're listening, please just get ready to make some notes. Um, (laughs) it's, It's not a good idea at all. But you could... So obviously there's been a lot of speculation that after this we may get a live action series at some point in the future. Yeah. Um and I know a lot of people said that if we do it will probably tie into Dominion. What mm. if that's a prequel series? You could call it something like The Miracle of DNA and have it explore how other companies have got to the point that they're at in that film where they've got dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So you could have flashbacks to Biosyn on Isla Sauna, for example. You could have a live action rendition of this moment with the manticore drone coming in for example i think there's um the the issue is always going to inherently be that jurassic was never intended to be a franchise um (laughs) and when when you look at jurassic park it's very much a standalone film and there is set up for it but even Mm. sort of in the initial stages we know that Crichton only wrote a sequel because spielberg wanted one yeah um so i i kind of feel like while retroactive storytelling isn't natural 
it's something that maybe we'll have to be more accepting of because it's sort of the only way that they can do it at this point. It's, it's literally, the yeah, it's literally the only way things have ever happened with this series. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey guys, there's a second island. Oh, hey guys, you remember that second you island? You haven't there's, heard of Lockwood? <laughs> there's other dinosaurs on that island. You, there's another guy that, yeah, Lockwood, who's helping yeah. support this. Like, so there's all these things that just say, hey, oh, you've heard you of Dr. Guys. Wu? Well, this is Dr. Wu Wu. <laughs> Little did we know he's actually like his twin or something. He's yeah. just not just not as smart as Dr. Wu. But um, but, you know, it, another another thing that uh, go, you go ahead. You can you can mention what you're going to say. So, yeah. So I was going to say, and I'm probably taking this in a complete di- different direction to what you were going to go in. <laughs> I'll try to remember. Um, but so obviously we're talking about how it's going to tie into Dominion uh-huh. Um, something that really spoke to me. It's the fact that recently Jeff Goldblum said that there were some script changes happening um, because some of it was deemed a little bit sensitive for the current sort of climate that we find Mm. ourselves in. Now, obviously, we're in a pandemic currently and a big part. (laughs) No way. I know, Brad, I'm sorry to break it to you. What? (laughs) We are? Have you not looked outside? (laughs) No, there's no windows. I know you spend a lot of time in that recording basement, (laughs) but (laughs) there's no windows. How am I supposed Uh, to tell? No communication um, to the outside world. <laughs> Your communication is just Twitter. <laughs> and once Steve Cream happened, that was it. Game over. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told you I'd get it in somewhere. Yeah, you um, did. <laughs> so um, a big part of the original kind of law behind the films is the DX virus. Mm-hmm. And the idea that if the dinosaurs don't get their... Um, Lysine, isn't it? Then they'll die within a certain amount of time. Um, so on the monitor in Dr. Wu's lab, we see something that is the E750 clinical trial results. And mm. I kind of was taken back by this because I was like, they've been doing dinosaurs and hybrids for a while now. Are they going to need clinical results? Um, and so I did a Google search and the Indominus Rex is referenced as A75, so not E75 or E750. Um, So I almost wonder if this is a prelude to some kind of contingency coming into place um, and maybe we're experimenting with a way to control the dinosaurs that they then may end up using in Dominion. Man, I don't know. It's a lot to kind of of (laughs) theorize on. (laughs) I, I don't know, man. Like, I... I think maybe there is something to all of these other companies being involved. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe Biosyn is the one who comes to save the day or Manicore or something like that or or whatever. Like maybe they're the ones who kind of fix the problem. Um, but, yeah, that is an interesting yeah. point about some things being sensitive. So they might have to change some. Honestly, I've been out of the loop on a lot of the, the news recently. So, you yeah. know, a new baby in the house, it's kind of hard to keep up, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so that, that is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's the clinical trial thing that froze me yeah. up. Cause I don't think they do it for a dinosaur. So, and they called that out traditionally are things for like vaccines. Mm-hmm. And it's the point that on his computer, Apart from the secret file, this is the only other thing that's legible. So that suggests to me that it's got to be a hint towards something that's coming in the future. Now, because I rewatched it again, was was there anything that was written down said clinical trial? I know Brooklyn called it out, but everything else, yeah. like you're saying, was 
you know, indecipherable. It literally looks like some sort of hieroglyphics or something like that. Um, The formula on the computer screen you can read. Oh, the Um, formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I was able to read that, yeah. Okay. Um, That's Mm -hmm. about it, though. It's just a thing and then the thing on the screen. Yeah. Um, And that formula, uh, somewhere, I think, around there, there was, like, a picture of, like, a Brachiosaurus that was, like, kind of drawn out. Um, And then, yeah, you had a Carnotaurus. You had an Indominus, uh, uh, sorry, Spinosaurus. Um, So, yeah, there was so much going on there. Not a lot of confirmation, but a lot of ideas, a lot of direction, you know, a lot of ways to go, I think, for the future. You touched on something really cool, actually, because obviously they're up on the whiteboard, Mm -hmm. Um, But when she goes into the folder that's got the hybrids in on the computer, Mm -hmm. the first thing that pops up before the Indominus is the Spinosaurus. Mm -hmm. So I kind of interpret that as them soft confirming that that wasn't a normal dinosaur. Because obviously um, in the Masrani back door, it says that Wu left an accident on Sauna but it doesn't say what it was. So it, it could have been the spino, it could have been something else. It's open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is kind of hinting that this was him experimenting with genetics and it went wrong. And again, that's yeah, reinforced sure. by, like you said, the bioluminescent Parasaurolophus, because mm-hmm. there was no reason for him to really do that and introduce that idea in the first place. He just did it for the sake of it. So it's clear that he's always wanted to push the boundaries and kind of experiment with new things yeah i um you know the way that uh mizrani is presented in like the lego stuff he seems to latch (laughs) on to a lot of ideas and things that are not necessarily what they were intended for and stuff like that so i could see you know woo experimenting to try to create these hybrids and do crazy things um and then he ends up creating these bioluminescent things he ends up mentioning it to mizrani and mizrani's like oh that would make a a great uh you know nighttime parade let's throw it out there let's do that um so i could see something like that happening but um you know the 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 route i was going to take earlier was the fact that it also in this lab which it's funny because uh i forget what episode it was like episode six or seven uh they go back to the lab right they they try to find a, a safe haven there and it reminded me so much of the season finale of episode uh, or sorry season finale of the first season of the walking dead uh when all yeah, these characters yeah all these characters find safe haven in the cdc right they go to the cdc yeah. they're like who who better to uh, you know protect us from this disease than the cdc so they go in there and it just turns out to be one lone guy right and yeah. that's exactly what happens here cake. yeah <laughs> did the wait did they both no they didn't both have birthday cakes did they no he had one. It was no, his yeah, this guy did, table, but no, yeah. don't fool me. I don't. I I do not remember any much about the 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 <laughs> Walking Dead one. I'm like, no, did he have a birthday cake oh, too? No, no, Come no, on, no, okay. <laughs> so, but the birthday cake kind of like and 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 that that sequence lends him to be a little like out of his mind, kind of like yeah. a little crazy in that moment. And that's exactly what happened in The Walking Dead. They couldn't trust this guy. And the same thing happened here. The guy just escapes and, and goes off on his own um, and, yeah. and dies instantly. But um, eaten, yeah. but before that, you know, he, he mentions that he was working with somebody else. So, yeah. you know, a, a thing that it didn't necessarily happen in any sense. Um, I was maybe looking for some answers, but I didn't expect a lot was the fact that like, I, I would hope that things get tied up uh, with all of these unans- unanswered questions uh, between yeah. Jurassic world, between Jurassic world, fallen kingdom and, and this show. And uh, hopefully it gets resolved, you know, in the next film. I don't know. But yeah. the fact that all these people are working with somebody else, 
but we don't necessarily know how, what what are these and connections? Could be different people. It could be all different people. It, it, we don't really know. I mean, it could have been Eddie was working with Manicor. I don't know, yeah. but it, it could be that he was working with Vic Hoskins, who was working with yeah. you know all of these dots connecting. Ocean. Like, because yeah. that's the way I would much rather prefer that all of these dots connect, like all the way back to Mills to you know to uh, you know these characters in the live tour and uh, to you know maybe they all point back to Biosyn. I don't know, but I think it would be cool well, to kind of have all these dots connect. I'm going to drop an idea for you. It's going to blow your... I can't even talk. Blow your brain, Mr. Jost. Will it? Will it? Let's see. In, Let's see. In the genetics community, and this is well established in the novels, Biosyn are quite negatively regarded, aren't they? Because they steal a lot of genetics, and they basically steal and pilfer other people's research. Mm-hmm. And we know this in the novels because Dodgson has a reputation. The last time we saw Biosyn was 1993. Is it not entirely possible that they have rebranded since then? Yeah, I mean that is possible. Um there there is a moment in the show um I don't know I don't remember how it was said if it was specifically said like this but you know we do know that they're a bioengineering company they're r- rivals with Mizrani and yeah. Wu beat them to dinosaurs. So if they're rivals with Mizrani, that's like kind of a late game thing. Like they're now they're rivals with Mizrani. But if Wu beat them to dinosaurs, that that goes back a long time. You know, that's so Wu yeah. beat them to dinosaurs maybe back in the nineties. So it could mm-hmm. be like could Manicor be around with Biosyn back in the early days? Sure. It could just be a subsidy at the same company. It could be the same company, or like you're saying, they rebranded. You know, we don't. I, I forget what the uh, DPG site said about Nedry or anything about if any of that stuff was revealed. I forget, like in the public. Um, but um, you know, maybe if there was some bad blood back then, and they ended up, you know, closing that company down and restarting it, kind of like you know, uh, what do you call it with uh, Cobra Kai? It's like you know, Cobra Kai got some bad you know press back in the day, and then the guy's like, you know, what? I'm gonna reopen it now so maybe they're like you know what uh dodgson's like it's time to reopen let's forget about manicore and let's go with uh biosyn (laughs) i like this name better yeah i mean it's entirely possible it makes sense i just i feel like there's got to be something else there because to suddenly like introduce so many companies especially Mm. might i add if it's another different company sending this guy to the island in jurassic world aftermath Mm -hmm. then it's so many different companies so it it just makes sense that they might be a little bit more connected than they seem. Well, plus we can't forget there was also one other instance of of people going to the island. There was a reporter that went to the island just before yeah. the Fallen Kingdom incident too, and she had yeah. a podcast. So there's people people are just like heading Should out there. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was Chad from uh, the the live tour. Um, <laughs> Chad. So. <laughs> Uh, see, I feel like we're just derailing it now. Um, all right, so what else do we have? Do we have anything else? Um, I, I did want to point out the the whole um, sequence with Darius's dad. I thought Darius, yeah. you know, had a very emotional story arc here. Um, I think a lot of the kids did, but uh, specifically with Darius and his dad, like that whole that whole episode was just such a bummer, man. Like. You know, it really was. And, and the fact that this park ended up being a catastrophe and, and not what 
you know, they always expected or imagined is, is so sad to me, you know, like, you know, yeah. they had planned this, they had planned the trip to eventually get out there. And then his dad gets sick and dies and, you know, the brother and the mom are looking after him and, you know, it's just, it's very sad. You know, he had this hope to go to the park and, and live this moment without his dad and just kind of do something fun and, and, and just, you know, it was very sad. It was a very sad moment. I so think, I, I was I was kind of shocked and surprised by the emotion thrown into the show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I think it perfectly encapsulates Jurassic, which mm-hmm. is the idea of this illusion of something being this sense of wonder and awe and actually it being much more terrifying. And I yeah. think that in that regard, it communicates it perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, and- I definitely feel like that was good. Yeah, and ultimately, all of these stories are about family and uh, relationships and connections and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, this would be it would be weird if there was no connection, you know, to some sort of yeah. family issue. And, and in this case, you know, Darius being the main character, you know, he has, you know, his his dad is gone. And, uh, yeah. you know, even throughout the show, you do hear a lot about Kenji's family, um, you know, his dad not paying attention to him. You, you don't really know how much of his stories are true, but I feel like yeah. on, on the surface, he's probably telling a lot of the truth. Um, even, you know, and Malcolm. <laughs> you think so? You think I mean, his dad's his dad's got a his dad owns a penthouse on <laughs> Jurassic World? Dr. Ian e. Malcolm? I don't know. Would he <laughs> would he do that? I don't think so. Um, but um you know Sammy's family too. There, uh, yeah. so, somebody's sick or something in her family. I forget specifically, but you know um, they were no, kind they of were blackmailing lose their ranch. They were going to lose the ranch, oh, okay. so they were like, "That's the whole motivation for her doing Manticore." And there's like you, you say emotional beats. There's this really heavy beat with her actually, where mm-hmm. um, she's talking to Darius about it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, your family put you up for this," and she's like, "No, I oh, did yeah. this for my family because I don't want them to suffer." Yeah, they, they said didn't no. Want yeah. me to do this? Yeah, and yeah. I so her that, that was quite heavy. Her family, I guess, supplies the 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 meat for the park, and I yeah. I, for, I forget specifically if that's like for like winston steakhouse or for like feeding <laughs> the you know maybe maybe she feeds the dinosaurs or something. i don't know but her family yeah. i guess i have it here in my notes now that the ranch is in trouble her folks borrowed some money uh and and it turned out to be like a front for manicore or something yeah so they'll lose everything unless she spies um but her family turned that down and that you know she you know, went behind their back and everything. So everybody has yeah. some sort of connection to the park. And, you know, hers is pointed out really quickly. It's like in the first episode, it's like, oh, my family provides the meat, you know? So she's like, gets it out in the open that she has this nice little tie. It's very, you know, convenient. It's, you know, and then Kenji's dad is just rich, I guess. And he, you know, has a, a thing there. And then Brooklyn has, you know, 20 something million followers or something like that. So she gets yeah. a, a, you know, a free ride and, uh, uh Yaz is sponsored, I guess, by the park for her running. Um yeah. and uh who else? Is there anybody ben else? Has oh Ben got his mom who works for Mizrani. Yeah. So everybody's got a tie there. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. But um but and I think a lot of those those moments, uh Ben, I don't feel like he has a lot of, you know, uh you know, shift in his character too much. I think Brooklyn has a lot of emotional mm. moments. Bro- Brooklyn's pretty emotional. That- I was going to say, I'd argue that Bumpy is a catalyst for a change in Ben. So Ben becomes very close with Bumpy in the later half. Ben's an interesting character. Pardon? 
he's an interesting character because he yeah. he's shown to be this like afraid kid, but almost at every moment he ha- he like talks back and he he says his yeah. thing. Like he doesn't he's not like a shy kid or anything like that. He's not like afraid too much, even though that's what they're kind of presenting it as. So he does. I guess you could say, yeah, he does kind of like rise up and and take care of something outside of himself yeah. or something. But um, but yeah, but uh. Sammy has her shift in character, you know, relieve, uh, revealing her, her, her backstory and Brooklyn, you know, dealing with the stress of being a public figure and stuff like that. Um, so everybody like, has like a little something to go through. Success? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, I, I enjoyed all these characters and I thought they all had, yeah, uh, you know, something to add to the show. And I thought, uh, they're very fun. So, so that's I would agree thing. with that. Yeah. I am. Um, um, I think that it's quite a nice diverse cast of characters here. Um, um, and on the subject of characters, both uh, Grant and Sattler get name dropped in the series, yeah, they do. which is awesome. And this kind of adds a little bit to why they're still doing stuff with dinosaurs when Dominion comes round, because we mm. find out that Ellie's doing a blog to do with paleobotany, and Grant is doing a dinosaur blog. So it's quite cool to kind yeah. of get that little hint at what might be coming yeah somebody like uploads his latest article to the forums yeah. jurassic world forums like so i love that i love those little details of like hey there's a jurassic world forum that people are uploading yeah. you know these these big people's articles to. so that's pretty cool um it feels real it feels like something that all of us would do you know we're gonna go and upload it to the jurassic world facebook group or something you know so <laughs> yeah uh it, it feels very real so i i appreciated that and yeah. it was nice to get those little mentions and it didn't feel too on the nose one of the moments that felt on the nose was like um dave said something about like what are they cooking up in the lab or something and i was yeah. like oh that's like yeah, all right that's like very very on the I, nose they I literally said those same things yeah. yeah so i am um, i was gonna say i kind of have two sort of final points that i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. um one thing which i keep going back and forth on and i mentioned actually three things um so the <laughs> first thing i <laughs> mentioned to you before we started recording and it's the way the camp gets destroyed so oh, spoilers yeah, yeah. um at the end of Wait, I think spoilers so four we've been talking about spoilers and... this whole time man <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's well, too late if you're the, here if we've made it this far without being spoiled <laughs> too much get ready um <laughs> so at the end of episode four and the start of episode five the camp gets destroyed uh-huh. um and this is the thing where in our non-spoiler episode i thought it was a little bit over dramatized yeah because yeah. at this point the pteranodons haven't broken out so it's just the indominus and the camp is trashed and bear in mind this is like high up in the trees like you were saying you've got a bridget's collapsed the elevators all smashed it just and like one of the buildings has been flipped out of the tree and has fallen onto the ground below i just that that seemed a little bit i don't know too destructive to me yeah, and that was a moment where I thought they were going to go a little bit deeper because um, he left his his Darius left his necklace or something up there, yeah. and I, they didn't really resolve that. I thought kind of like that was another he sad point. He had, yeah. yeah, he had this like you know matching necklace with his dad, and his you know obviously his dad died. I'm sure he like probably buried it with him, and you know now he has this necklace that like is just trashed somewhere, and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Is he have it on there? Oh, uh, he's. Yeah. 
not showing up at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on the Mattel figure, guys. It's on the figure. Um, yeah. So that was a bummer. But yeah, you're right. Like, how does that thing fall? When you had had brought it up to me, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, probably he probably like banged his head into the tree or something. Yeah. Which, sure, I guess that that would maybe do it. I don't know. I don't know, but and I thought maybe he knocked the elevator because there's like an elevator attached to the tree. But when yeah. I look back, I'm like, oh no, the elevator's still there. How did that fall? I have no clue. It wasn't attached yeah. to the zip line. It was like its own thing. The zip line was like yep. through the woods a little ways. So yeah, how did that fall? I have no clue. Maybe there was some stanchion that we didn't see off to the side. But yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> it, yeah it's it's definitely an interesting one yeah. um i feel like one of the other things spoiler wise and this is something that again i alluded to a lot in our last video is um the ca- canonicity of the time frame and there's mm. one specific moment which is kind of very on the nose to me which is where they are at the mosasaur arena because mm. they're there as it turns to night time and if you remember the Main Street Tyrannodon battle, um, just kind of along the waterfront, takes place, at, I would say, in the afternoon with the lighting. So it's mm. just before they would have got there. Owen um, and Claire and everyone race back off to the Raptor paddock. But all of the security personnel would have still been around there because they were rounding people up and taking them to the hotel. So it just seems a little bit strange to me that there wasn't somebody around there who scooped the kids up. Yeah, that is that is odd. I mean, it kind of is is the constraints of creating a show. It's like I think even the, you know, Scott and Aaron mentioned that they can't have 100 extras and stuff like that, you know, in the show. So that's one of those glaring moments where like, like and honestly even to the end the very very end of the show you're kind of like really like eh, nobody there's nobody here nobody around anywhere so it is it's a slight stretch um and you know i don't know uh the timing it works for me i don't really see too much of an issue i i think like as long as they say that they got those people out of main street and put them somewhere else or got them to the docks um, at that moment, uh, the the alarm is going off, right? There's an alarm, and that's yeah. what what was that alarm for? That was an alarm to say it was like an evacuation alarm. Yeah, so you know they're already trying to get people to the boats. So I guess I don't know where the pteranodons went though. Like that doesn't, I, you know, maybe they just followed yeah. everybody. I guess, and and then we see that they are attacking the monorails because of the lighting in the monorails so would they have attacked the monorails transporting people to the docks during the day Uh, maybe if it was a moving creature in their eyes maybe they thought they could attack it during the day too i don't know um but uh it doesn't really bother me too much um but i could see how that could be a little bit of an issue and and the fact that that like no employees are around nobody's left behind um there's not like well the thing is here here going back to this point there are people still there because we do see mm-hmm. them when they do go back to the um when they do go back to the lab uh, Claire and Owen and the kids there's yeah. and i and and i make fun of this moment all the time because the, they wander in there's zero people around nobody yeah. there and then all of a sudden there's people closing <laughs> things and you're like wait what where did these people just come yeah, from yeah exactly like so it's so kind of like, like that ingen rounding it all up at that point and yeah. i mean even then i'd make the point that there must still be something that happens after that point because if you remember in fallen kingdom um, there's a wrecked Jurassic World jeep 
on Main Street. And I'm like, mm. well, yeah, you can argue a dinosaur might have kicked it there, but isn't it more likely at some point after the battle, uh-huh. somebody had to come there and do something before they left? That's Jurassic and then World Aftermath, It got dude. wrecked afterwards. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there is a flipped over Jeep in that trailer, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes, and this is me, it's me being really picky if i'm honest because it, it, a lot you of being like is... yeah it's as being as hardcore of a fan as you can try to be and yeah. try to like we're saying we're talking about these things for hours so we have to kind of parse out all these little details so don't yeah. worry about it you're, and i, you're, you're I would good. say at the end of the day stuff like that jeep for example sometimes you do just have to accept it something's there because it looks cool it's a nice piece of set dressing it helps <laughs> to immerse you in that world yeah um so i i'm all right with that i just yeah, it's it's kind of like that thing where I'm like, I get that they wanted to incorporate the Mosasaur and have the Lagoon in the series, but I think that doing it in season one just makes it parallel a little bit too close to the events of Jurassic World. Like, yeah. say, say for example, um, at, like they, they didn't get to the bottom of the island at the end of season one, and at season two, once Rescue's left, they're trying to get down here, and that's when it happens. I just yeah. feel like then you have a little bit more flexibility to do more stuff with that. Um, yeah. But I guess they could revisit it in the future. Yeah. It is weird because you do have the camp counselors trying their hardest to try to get people to go out and find the kids. And, and then there's this guy who's like, no, you cannot leave here whatsoever. Yeah. I will physically take you. And he like has the, the you know, the, the, the whatever stick. that thing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm going to take you and put you on the boat myself. So you know they're they're making a point to say that like literally everybody's going to be gone and yeah you're right it kind of maybe it would have been better to wait until the second season or something to explore yeah. that portion um you know yeah like you're saying maybe make them stuck up somewhere up north or in the midsection uh, of the park but yeah i it is weird but it doesn't really bother me all that much the fact that there's like zero people around is more you know, strange to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. And they they like um, just missed it. They like literally like just missed the dot like the, the yeah. Boat. So like zero. It's like that nobody? comical convenient timing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a little weird. Um, what else was I gonna say? Um, oh, I don't know. I have one more thing I can slide. Go in ahead. With. You go. You go in there. Um, um, Toro is most likely in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Mm. because yeah. this and i i think if you had the reaction i did i was watching it and it's in like the last five <laughs> minutes of the episode so yeah. i was like and this is the last episode i was like we've got all of the nods we're gonna get at this point we've got everything that happens there's an explosion because toro's closing in on the kids and they're trying to get rid of it and obviously it's still alive but it's injured so it wants to limp off and as it gets up you realize that not only has the explosion gone off, but all of its skin is now blackened and charred, yeah. and it looks exactly like the demon Carnotaurus that's in Lockwood Manor at the end of Fallen Kingdom. It's pretty, I saw pretty that. amazing. Yeah. I, I genuinely think I there were like a couple of moments where I let out a shout, and I think with that I went, that's so cool! And then I was like, <laughs> nobody in this house will even know what I'm on about, but wow! Yeah. Oh, I, I was... Uh... Yeah, I was cheering myself because not only is, you know, is it a moment where these kids have to save themselves, have to get out of this situation. They come up with a crazy plot and, uh, and a plan and the thing just explodes. 
And yeah, that moment when it just like rises from the ash, you know, you think it's dead and then it, yeah. it comes back to life and you're like, oh, that's it. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing here. Like you just notice what they're doing and it's really, really cool. I mean, I hope that's what they were doing. It really seems like it, um, it is, because yeah. it looks spot on for what you see at the end of Fallen Kingdom there. So that and, and if they made that toy, I'd buy that one in a second. I haven't actually gotten the Toro one uh just yet but um if they made like i was gonna grab it but it won't show up so yeah probably not if they made like the burn toro that would be really really cool um yeah and of course it's a spoiler so maybe at some point it will come out but uh luckily not in the first wave so um yeah i do think there's an interesting thing to be said on toys actually mm -hmm. which is it's clear that there's a multi-season plan for this Oh, because yeah, characters yeah. like um, Grimm, for example, who's about uh -huh. to come out as a Soundstrike Baryonyx, Baryonyx as a dinosaur doesn't appear at all in season one. So no. it's clear that there's a longer term plan here. And that may be where dinosaurs like Ceratosaurus, which I know a lot of people were excited to see in some of the marketing, yeah. um, might hopefully pop up as well. Yeah, I've I've actually felt very bad recently, <laughs> like knowing yes, that a lot of these dinosaurs are not there and then seeing the conversation online. I think I, I, I probably maybe shouldn't have asked the question, but I asked the question like what what dinosaurs are you excited to see? Not yeah. that I was like breaking an embargo or anything, but I was just more disappointed with the answers because everybody's like, oh, Ceratosaurus, Baryonyx. Like I'm like, yeah, then uh, there's and they're like. Rexy and I'm like oh yeah, like yeah. how I'm I'm shocked again like I was saying with Owen and Claire I'm shocked that Rexy was not in this outside of yeah. a video game which was interesting Absolutely. I mean yeah and then and then of course the you know the intro or or, or outro I forget what it was of the episode intro like, yes yeah the intro so I am um, that was pretty interesting I'm that it wasn't really there. impressed that mm -hmm. they did that so if you think about it out of any of the dinosaurs she's probably the one who um, we have a kind of good track record for where she... Well, no, we know where she is because right up until the nighttime sequence, she's in her paddock the whole time. Yeah. So it wouldn't have made sense for them to have her out at all. So I'm glad that they didn't and they kind of stuck <laughs> unless, by that. Unless they went through a utilidor and popped out and they're like, oh, we're in the T-Rex yeah. paddock. You know, like, oh, so hierarchy, and then she yeah. has like a five-minute sequence they go back through. I will so, say... It's interesting, um, yeah. They could have done that instead of going like Toro earlier on in the yeah. show, but I'm glad that they did keep it separate. Yeah, so am I. Um, and I kind of... And I, I'm in the same boat as you. I feel bad because I literally yesterday did a post saying who's excited to see the raptor squad back together oh um, another yeah another I, set yeah yeah <laughs> i kind of so we basically get two minutes of screen time at the raptor squad if that i kind yeah, of wish that, yeah. we hadn't got that because it feels weird that they were able to get into that paddock so easily considering it's high security <laughs> project Ibris, all of that kind of stuff Again, and though, it's also, like it's like where are all the people? It's it's yeah. the fact that they just didn't create the assets for extras, you know. So yeah, exactly. There, there would one hundred percent be like two guards at least on top yeah. at all times, you know. Yeah, that's one hundred percent what what it would be like. But in this case, they must have been sleeping. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like all at the same time. There's no one yeah. in there. There's no yeah. Barry. Everyone's just nope. gone. Um, but also without a sequence, it kind of. That is the one thing where I would use the phrase shoehorned in because I kind of feel mm -hmm. like when you look at the topography of Nublar, to go from the camp to what is a cliff's edge facility at the Raptor paddock 
Those kids <laughs> must have sprinted through the night, like, to get there. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. They said it was, like, you know, not that far away. So who knows? Like, I don't really know where the camp even is, to be honest. Do Did they show exactly where it is, or... There's it's a, just map a roundabout out there that shows it. Yeah. Is, is there? Um, yeah, it's just it's odd when there's no employees like in certain areas. And like we're saying about the camp, the counselors, they're just like letting them have free reign of a lot yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, I guess it's just kind of the confines of the show in a way. Yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're, you're right. It does, you know kind of feels shoehorned in. It's like we have to get this Raptor pack in there. And and it, it's so funny because, you know, when I was talking with uh, the producers again, um, go back and listen to that interview. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned like the poster that was like completely different assets on there. And then also the, uh, the, the teaser trailer with the Raptor. And it's yeah. like, you, it turns out that none of those things were things at all. They were just concept art. And then, uh, you know, a test of, of, of what they could do. And it turns out, you know, that Raptor, which we, we, you know, tried to figure out who is this Raptor? Which Raptor is yeah. it? Is it Charlie? Is it, you know, what is it? And then it turns out that it's, it's a none green of that... one. It's one of the universal <laughs> generic green ones. There's yeah. more Raptors. And then the show starts and you're like, Oh, those, those are different Raptor. What is going yeah. on here? And, and, and it turns out that none of that mattered. They're just like, you know, it was just a test. And, and the, the, the Raptor squad is barely in the show, you know, at all. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Cause it gives, you know, I guess it doesn't give the Raptor squad much to do, but uh, it gives Blue something to do next season, if, you know, if that yeah. comes to that. And it gives Rexy something to do next season. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there could be another interaction with the Mosasaurus or something like that. Maybe at some point during the the timeline between Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, the island shifts and the, and the lagoon moves more towards <laughs> the edge. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the story of how that happened. I have to admit, when I (laughs) noticed that we were back to the Jurassic World layout for it, I was like, people are going to kick off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to say that I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe maybe Mill's information was off. You know, that's what it is. The island in Fallen Kingdom is actually Isla Muerta. um, (laughs) (laughs) That had an identical park with identical assets. Yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, you know, the kids, well, I, and I talked about this on their non-spoiler episode, something I was like, it's a little, you have to, it's a little stretch, a little bit of a stretch to say that like all of these kids just straight up jump out of <laughs> this monorail that's like yeah. high in the sky and they're fine and all that. But like, it's okay. I'm not too fussed about it. Um, but uh, so Bumpy and, and uh, all, actually all the characters fall, fall out. Two of them, Oh no! Sorry, one of them falls. All the other ones jump. Yeah. Bumpy gets you know uh, spread away from the the main crew. Ends up coming across Ben in the middle of the uh, the jungle yeah. during the daytime. So the the next day, um, and uh, yeah. So what do you think happens here? Like what? Yeah. What what happens? They're they're stuck on the island. Zero oh. people. Z- you know, there's zero people around. I yeah. What, what happens here? Well, I. I, I think there's a few things that are going to happen. I think we're going to see more of Jurassic World in season two. And obviously it won't be operational, but I think we can maybe see them making their way through other attractions, trying to find things. Mm. Um, yeah. I could picture a few little nice nods to um, the events of the film. Like maybe when they go back to Main Street, it's all now suddenly destroyed after the fight. Um, I reckon, mm. and I'm really hopeful at some point, whether it's season two or a little bit further down the way, 
we're going to find out what happened to the monorail bridge and how that got destroyed. I think that could be an interesting sequence. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think the key thing for me is this is now going to be Eric Kirby mode. So these guys are <laughs> going to be surviving however they can. And I think we're going to kind of get to see a lot more of what you never see with Eric in JP3. So obviously in JP3, he's set up. He knows the lore of the land. He's learned that Tyrannosaur urine can be used to scare off other dinosaurs. I think that the next season will be the kids uncovering all of these things and finding that for themselves and working out how to survive. Sure. But I think you might have it interwoven with Dave and Roxy trying to get back to the island and also um, potentially people like Manticore launching expeditions to try and recover assets and things like that. And I yeah. actually feel that Dave and Roxy could be a really nice piece of connective tissue for Fallen Kingdom because if you think about it, if they want to get back on the island, one of the most readily available ways for them to do that in the next couple of years would be joining the Dinosaur Protection Group. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it, it's hard to say because when, when these <laughs> characters when these characters leave the island, right? I know they tried to explain it that we left some kids behind and the guy's like, I don't care. <laughs> We're leaving. Yeah. As soon as you get the kids to like are just light snacks for the dinosaurs. Yeah, but as soon as you get to like the mainland or wherever, you know, that that place where all those people are in the in the yeah. the hangar or well, whatever. Well, the army were there. Yeah. So, as soon as you tell somebody, wouldn't they just run on back and be like we have six kids or however many to go rescue? Yeah. Like we don't have them. Nobody has them. Their parents don't have them. So, they are still back over there. We know they're still back over there. We left them in the woods. So, this how does this show go on for multiple, maybe multiple seasons here? Um, you know, we're hearing well, things about about multiple seasons, but like, does it, like, how do they avoid detection? You know, are they going to go to the island and like the military shows up and they're like, "Well, we can't find them." <laughs> I mean, like, how how convenient uh, of a setting do we have to have here for this to continue on? Because I, mean, I would I would assume they would go right back and be like, "I don't see these kids." You know, I'm going to use a phrase, Brad. Presumed dead. We see it. It's it's a morbid phrase. <sighs> yeah, we see it used when people are in horrible situations and there's an unlikelihood for them to survive. If you think about in terms of Dave and Roxy, the last thing they saw was that blip going out on the Mosasaur Lagoon, and they found actually no, no, they no, didn't. No, no, they. Monorail. Yeah. But after that point, the monorail was destroyed. So, if they went back, it's very easy to presume that these characters are dead. And I mean, when you I think guess. about it, I with don't know. it's um, kind of cheap. With it is, but it, it does make sense in context because if we go back to the ATV by the visitor center, for example, mm. we never see that park worker die, but there's a bloody helmet there, so they are presumed dead. So sure. I imagine there's a lot of incidents during the breakout where there's no closure for people, but people yeah. don't get home. And actually, I, don't know. I think that there's scope there for them to do more things. Because if these kids got left behind, other workers could have got left behind. Again, same circumstance, presumed dead. So maybe they do actually find some kind of other adult figure who's helping them to survive. Yeah, I wouldn't be they surprised. If he's worried about the hand. <laughs> I'd love that, man. That would be awesome. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that's how the season starts. Is like, you know, episode one is all about some other person, 
you know, that's out there yeah. on their own. And then they, they end up coming into contact with them in maybe episode three. You know, you, then you focus back on the kids on episode two, and then by three, it's like they all come together and you try to make their way You just want this to be up. the Walking Dead again, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and then it turns and out there's a bunch of people. they're going to start a community in the north of the island <laughs> called New Alexandria, and some of the kids are going to get annoyed, and they're going to go and live at a hilltop. <laughs> I, my favorite part is when when they all like skin the dinosaurs and wear them wear the skin of the dinosaurs. It's very <laughs> so this very isn't grotesque. a PG podcast anymore. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's messed up now. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I like I like your thoughts on on where it can go. I think um, again, I I will reference Jurassic World Live Tour in hopes that somebody hears this. Anybody Jurassic World Live Tour. <laughs> They they do go back to the island, so you know there is a chance don't that they, we could yeah we they go could, back to look for Genie, don't they? Yeah, so there is a chance that there could be some sort of meetup here. You know, yeah, that would they be cool. could meet like we like you were saying we were saying before we don't really know a lot about who's gone where and and who's gone back to the island and you know who's done what you know whether it's uh, another company or you know uh, the Mizrani company like cleaning up their assets or. Or that that reporter or whoever, like there's there's random people that probably yeah. show up on this island at times, and the crew from Jurassic World Live Tour is one of those people, those sets of people. So, and 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 Chad is is almost like a mirror of Dave. So that would be a funny yeah. like little prospect <laughs> there. But um, you know, I just I want them to intersect with this at some point in time. I would really love yeah, them to I intersect agree. with it. Um, and it would be perfect to learn about. You know, and and kind of what I was talking about, uh, the fact that we don't really get those connections between these characters and stuff with whoever they're yeah. working for, that would be a nice way to kind of tie it in, is to kind of show like, you know, who are these other people working for, and you know, what other kind of projects were on the island. That would be a perfect way to introduce new projects that could show up in the future. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, so I agree. With that's that. that's my hope. Am... Um, but ultimately, like I was saying, I don't know how long you could let this go on for. Yeah, when I feel well, we like know they we've should got be an end down. cap, don't we? Which is Fallen Kingdom when they arrive on the island and start extracting the dinosaurs. Yeah. But potentially, but there's no way they're going to be there for three years. Like, there's no way. I mean, you like, say that, but you you never know. I could picture. So it it might not be all the way so till mad. then. But the <laughs> helicopter coming to get the Indominus sample isn't that like a year after Jurassic World? So no, isn't it like three I, months? I think it's like three months later. So these kids yeah, read so a lot. Of I havoc. reckon it might cross over with that. And I could picture them that doing would be a very really cool, cool crossover mm. where imagine if the kids are rushing to Main Street because they think it's a rescue for them. And then they realize it's not. And you could kind of have that be mm. the epiphany moment where they realize they really are on their own and they need to figure out their own way off the island. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Maybe, imagining like maybe one or two kids make it almost all the way to the chopper. Yeah. But they stop because the T-Rex is there and their other friends can't get to them and they can't get through. Or you, you, the Dilophosaurus is right over there, you know, like, cause yeah. we hear it in the background in that moment. I think that'd be amazing to see. And, you know, I guess we've, I forget where that confirmation originally came from. The fact that it was like only like three months later, we all questioned yeah. like, well, why is this Island so destroyed if it's only been three months? Camp Cretaceous you know, couldn't show us why. Yeah, it's like Darius is just like having a blast with all the monorails <laughs> and just you know crashing trucks on the on the on the main street and stuff like that. So yeah, it just looks like a mess. So uh, that would be that would be very cool. I hope that gets a tie in. That would be 
they'd have to do a lot of work to, I think, explain that to the mainstream audience that like this moment in the beginning of Fallen Kingdom actually didn't take place, you know, right before it took place years before Fallen Kingdom actually happened. So, yeah, because I could I could see people being like, oh, well, the helicopter just showed up to get that thing, that sample. Yeah. Uh, So the island's going to explode any minute now. Right. Like. Uh, you know? There's so many cool things you could do with that. Like you could even have it so they're down on the to like introduce the new lagoon layout softly. You could have it so Darius is like down by the gate looking for something with one of the other kids when it just like starts opening and they don't know why. And mm-hmm. then they're across the other side of Main Street. Yeah. And just imagine like from their <laughs> perspective, watching this helicopter fly in, come back out, and then the Mosasaur leap out of the water oh. and like get it it would be so cool that would be awesome it would be cool but and it would be kind of crushing to see like their hopes you know of of a rescue just destroyed right in that moment yeah um but man that would be really cool to see that tie in but yeah outside of the beginning of fallen kingdom and jurassic world live tour uh, you know and and like i said if you want to consider the uh jurassic world revered uh not revered revealed that's (laughs) the wrong word uh we all revere jurassic world guys uh jurassic world revealed (laughs) with the the and honestly i didn't even listen to the entire thing i'm sorry to say um but uh (laughs) brad wanted it to be him he wanted to be the podcast no 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 um i just i i didn't get a chance because he had to like pay for it and i just forgot and i just and it's been a year or two years or however many since um so yeah there's little moments where we can intersect with things that we know of but i'm sure they yeah. they'll come up with a lot of stuff that we don't know of and, and that's fine um so yeah i don't know who knows I... I just hope we tie into jurassic world live tour that's my only hope yeah i am um, i want to end this by giving you a really exciting thought there is nothing stopping them introducing new dinosaurs in this show because you can say they weren't mm. on new blah but this show has now told us mm-hmm. that north of Isla Nublar was where they kept dinosaurs that were too aggressive. So the Dilophosaurus may have been up there this whole time. But yeah. equally, it could be that they had bred something else, like, say, for example, Giganotosaurus, mm-hmm. and they found out it was too aggressive. So it never made it into the public eye because all of the stuff that was on the Jurassic World website was stuff that was publicly accessible that now does not mean that that list was everything. And I think no. that's quite exciting. Yeah, that's that's very true. You know, we could see other dinosaurs. But yeah, I just hope it doesn't become too repetitive when it's like, oh, we just got to yeah. just escape dinosaurs the whole time. And and sure, that's exactly yeah. what, what the series is. But to have it confined to whatever their timeline is, it might be a little much. Yeah. But to have them explore other canonical elements I think is the way to go, you know, to, to talk about all these connections and to, to maybe explore the, uh, the hybrid stuff and whatever data they can find, you know, uh, sure. uh, All the InGen team people seem to have, you know, wiped it clean, but who knows what else is out there. And, and, and of course to have them stumble across Jurassic park places would be amazing, you know, to have them, to have them revisit the, the visitor center. Now you see there's a big hole in a, in a certain section yeah. of it or whatever. And, and so, you know, to do that stuff would be really cool. So hopefully well, we, get we could chance. see things like the Safari Lodge that we never saw in the first film. Mm-hmm. That would be really awesome. Um, can canonize, I canonize by... some of those game moments, you know, like the uh, bone yeah. sh- rattler or shaker, whatever that, that ride was yeah. called, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. The geothermal plant. Well, mm-hmm. 
in my interview with Andy Nicholson, like two years ago at this point, which you can find by searching Andy Nicholson on our website, <laughs> um, you will <laughs> just his name. Yeah. Um, you will find that in one part of it, we spoke about the bonkers from Fallen Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he said that it's very possible that they were part of the original parks network because they were designed so they could fit with the aesthetic of the 93 park. So there is definitely other infrastructure from that first park that we've not seen yet that we could explore. Yeah. However, yeah. good. I was going to say, and this is the question I want to ask you to like end this spoiler dive. Do You're you just think... like, it's late. Let's wrap this thing up. Come on. Enough talking. <laughs> no, we can keep going, but I just, I want to like, this is my final like <laughs> point I've got for tonight that I can uh -huh. think of. Cause I've okay. just, Spilled everything on you. Uh, <laughs> um, do you think that future series of this show necessarily have to be confined to just Isla Nublar? No, I don't think so. Um, I was wondering that myself if, you know, something that they uncover uh, in some lab, uh, you know, on Nublar sends them on some sort of mission to Sorna or Siberia the, or, or Siberia even who knows <laughs> I didn't think that that's not where my mind went but just one of the other islands you know because I'm sure there's a boat or something I'm mean, granted there are you know many you know hundreds of miles or however far away um but uh they'll just go to Siberia instead of going to the mainland <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Like I'm saying, if there's some sort of plot that they have to track down to yeah. figure something out that, you know, they want to reveal Dr. Wu as a villain or something, you know, I don't know. It, you know, it could be interesting to see them go to another island. I don't think it's very plausible because, you yeah. know, uh, to see a bunch of kids just traversing the waterways and just figuring out how to get, it doesn't really, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't oh. really work. I don't think, but, um, also, we have to consider that the, whatever this show is next season, you know, if that does come to light, has to figure out how to get the group back together with Ben and Bumpy and stuff like that. So they do have a, a lot of work to do to catch up. I think you're onto something with boats. Because remember, the original concept for Fallen Kingdom was boats that dinosaurs were being created on. There was a thing like way back in the early script. I don't remember that. <laughs> um I don't know if this is necessarily public, so if not, so guys. Um, I, <laughs> I, I remember there was something to do with Wu having a ship that he was like cloning dinosaurs on. And that sounds it was, fun. It, it was going to be a case of like they were using different dinosaur like boats to steal dinosaurs from the islands and take them all across the world. So kind of similar to the Arcadia, but the whole plot was going to be around that idea. Hmm. So I suppose there would be nothing stopping another company coming to the island, taking the dinosaurs and the kids stowing away on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is certainly plausible. Yeah. To, to like, you know, Hey, we got to hide. There's some people coming that don't seem very good. They got a bunch of weapons or something. It's like, yeah. let's get, let's get in this crate. And then the crate gets <laughs> transported on, you know, to another thing. Uh, and they you have know. to do a blood transfusion with a T-Rex. <laughs> no no not that i was thinking more so uh the door of the explorer movie i don't know if you got a chance to see that but it's actually really good it's actually pretty pretty good i actually really enjoyed that movie 
Um, but like, there's this a moment. This podcast has taken a turn. No, dude, check it out. I'm telling you, you probably watched it as a kid. I'm sure. Uh, no, maybe you didn't. I don't know what they show out there. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> but they get. That's what happens to them. They get put in like a a, a wooden crate and then you know yeah. taken to another place. So you know, I guess it's possible that and and that is a very plausible thing. I think for like a kid centric show. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely a good idea. I think that they unintentionally get transported somewhere else and you know maybe they do end up on on sorna or you know uh, some other island or siberia and they're like we didn't bring our coats guys and and then they have to figure out how to stay warm (laughs) okay so thanks everybody for watching uh and listening this has been fun uh we're gonna be doing a lot more of stuff like this in the future i don't know we'll we'll probably do some and it like i said at at the beginning uh we've been producing so much content and stuff so i felt like we'll we'll try to spread some stuff out in the uh in the future here with um you know maybe episode by episode breakdowns uh watch parties stuff like that we'll we'll get back into it uh soon not right away not uh not at the release of this but you know stay tuned for more uh content from camp cretaceous and of course this is we're going to be talking about this now you know, from here on out, it's going to be talked about in the show. I'll give it some some time probably with the spoilers, you know, on the main podcast episodes. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to officially have Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous out, yeah. being watched and being talked about. Man, this is this is so much fun. And this is going to continue for a long time because we just talked for almost two hours when we I, we didn't set a limit but we almost did it we almost did it guys and uh with zero script basically no notes and and we did it guys yeah. so this is going to be a fun process i think so thank you tom do you have any uh, final words here and you want to let people know where they can find you online yeah um so i guess my final words would be to quote what uh colin said to josh and jen which is a new era because this really is a new era for the Jurassic <laughs> franchise. And it's exciting to be a part of that. And with that all said, if you would like more ridiculous hot takes and a few Steve Cream memes, then hit me up at Tom Jurassic on Instagram and okay. <laughs> well, if if I'm gonna summarize this with a quote, are you done? You're done plugging yourself, right? You yeah. good? Okay. I'm gonna summarize it with a quote from this show. Are you hiding bumpy in that bush? And if you want to find me online, you can find me at Brad Jost on Twitter or, and of course the podcast at Jurassic Park Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Same thing with Facebook. Search out for our Facebook group. Join up. Answer those two questions. Follow us here on YouTube uh, and the podcast itself. Uh, just search for the Jurassic Park Podcast on YouTube and uh, what do you say? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'd be a little iffy about Spotify, guys. It seems like yeah, Spotify has well. been has been kind of letting us down recently. Uh, it's been cutting off a lot of people, like uh, actually just cutting off the the series. Like, so we'll have an episode that's like forty minutes long, and for some reason, it cuts it down to twenty. And I don't know what's going on. I have no way of fixing that. So sorry about that. Uh, so find another way to listen, Ooh, guys. It's finally started to censor me. Yeah, so they just don't want to hear these endings of these shows because they're a little off the rails. Um, But I don't know what's going on there. I'm sorry about the Spotify issues. Find another way to listen. Overcast is a great app. You can use that on your Apple devices. You can use Google Podcasts on your your Android devices, and I'm sure there's plenty others uh, out there as well. And, uh, yeah, so go to JurassicParkPodcast.com. 
Tom's got some articles. Uh, we've got videos, videos and and episode show notes. Everything you guys want to find out uh, about the podcast is on that site. Thank you guys so much for watching this video and listening to the podcast. Stay safe out there and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.